Okay, kids, let's go. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello, what have we here? Hello. Holy shit. Thanks, C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Looking. Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy. Rogue Squadron back at it again. I am Mopar. I am Commander Cody. I'm on Lake Holiday. I'm here ready to execute Order 66. We always, we always become Snape. When we come on the county. Gentlemen's. What? <laughs> when he's doing the fucking mind reading shit on Harry Potter. Harry Potter. He casts the Gentlemen's and he's just like, Gentlemen's. Like so lazy. <laughs> Did you guys just watch that you said? We actually are busting back through it because we got... Um, uh, HBO Go or Max or whatever the fuck it's called. HBO Super so, Plus Ultra Supreme. Yep. Value Plus. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously we've been getting through like Succession. Uh, we've, we've talked about that. We just finished up season two of that. Great. Ooh, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so there, uh, the wife watched the Harry Potter special that was on HBO. Oh, yeah. yeah it was so good. We, we started from episode or the first movie and we kind of just been, you know, every other weekend per se, just kind of been walking through it but we're already to Deathly Hollows part one I think is the next one so nice it's one of those that like first thing in the morning if he's up and he's over the cartoons we'll just throw on like a Harry Potter at the yeah. beginning, of the, beginning of the day and just let it run so yeah it's like half background half focus yeah kind, yeah. Of, kind of situation yeah I know what you mean yeah I watched all those over Christmas break in the background while we were like you know, cleaning, rearranging the apartment or whatever. And then, um, yeah, the anniversary event on HBO was pretty cool. I didn't nice. end up watching it, um, but that's kind of what sparked it. So, spark, spark, spark. You can't say spark on the podcast. There are rules, Mopar. There are rules. Speaking of rules, <laughs> there are rules. I want to play a game. Am I the only one that thought the opening scene of Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5, was like took place Saw. inside the Saw universe? <laughs> but that's see, we'll just jump right in. Let's I, fucking I, do I, it, dude. It's it's one of those that it plays nicely. It plays nicely, like it's not out of the realm. Like he's walking into a meatpacking plant, not because he wants to, not because the it, it's it, it it takes place because it looks like there's a backwater. Uh, I don't even know what the Clatoonian was wanted for, but obviously he was a bad specimen of some type. <laughs> so. But it was like back shop dealings, and that's how oh, yeah. it felt. I'm going into this meat shop or meat packing plant, um, you know, yeah, to do my job, not to show off the meat packing plant. I don't know. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. It just it, it felt natural, and I th- the, the the entire episode, everywhere we went, even when we ended back up on Tatooine, I was like, but this just feels right. It feels good. They're, they're showing off the right stuff. We got to see a womp rat, like small stuff like that. But it like, <laughs> you know, there was obvious like nods to other series. Oh, yeah. Fan it, service, you might yeah, say. A lot of stuff thrown in there, but it was in the storyline. It wasn't like, hey, we want to throw in Back to the Future kids. How are we going to make this work? 
No, it was like, hey, we're going to tell the story of Mandalore falling, and it's going to be bombed, and there's going to be murder and everything. Yeah. What's a good thing that fits that? Terminator. Oh, Terminator. Perfect. <laughs> but she does, she does that. She's And it's not even like, I don't want to call it sprinkling it in because it's, it punches you in the face, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's one of those things like it just, the connections are already made. The story's set up, and we got to go here. What's a perfect thing to string us along? I just, it, it was great. Yeah, Daka, we did just jump right in. I know you wanted to jump right in, too. So here we go, making it happen. You're welcome. Um, I love this episode. I'll say that right off, right out of the gate before we start, you know, picking it apart and talking about it in more detail. I did enjoy it very much. I did think that the meatpacking plant felt, off, it was another moment of off-brand for me for Star Wars, but... It was over very quickly. We got to the point. He starts cutting people up. And then he walks out of there with a severed head in the back to, you know, pay off his bounty. So I think it was like, as much as I thought it didn't feel quite right, the location, it was over quick. And I wasn't like, I don't know. I wasn't as upset about it as I was with, like you said, like the Back to the Future, you know, homage or whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'm going to promise you guys now, I'm going to try not to refer back to the other episodes. And I know we've, <laughs> we have strong feelings about the, the previous You're breaking four your episodes, promise, dude. You're breaking my heart already. But um, I'm just going to try to focus on this episode five because I feel like it stands alone. This was the jumping off point that I wanted, personally, um, from the very beginning. I, I was hoping this level of intensity this level of heaviness this level of exploration for the viewer and for mando well you can you can fit in boba fett um this is what i was expecting out of a show like this like to have consecutive episodes look like this Mm because this i mean we get to see a fucking halo ring mass effect citadel fucking craziness we get to go places even even if you do feel off brand which I, i can understand that i was like you know, the, the meatpacking thing, it felt weird. It felt weird right off the bat, but then when I understood, oh, we're on this, like, brand new, you know, industrial ring thing that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy, I was like, oh, you know, I guess it makes sense. They got to cut up meat somewhere, and, you know, this looks like a <laughs> self-sustaining... I'm just like saying more of, like, it's... it's it's I, I threw it out there like a bar on, on Coruscant. Yeah, yeah. Like, do we need to go into a bar on Coruscant and see drunks? No, but... Does that exist? Like, in in theory, of course it does. So, you know, yeah. we're here. There's a meatpacking plant. And, of course, you know, there's a backwater, un, you know, underground fucking wizard in the back. Cutting <laughs> clatoonians. I don't fucking I don't know how much magic he's doing in the back there. He's whistling. <laughs> Collecting <laughs> coins. Now, it reminded me of Rush Hour when Tucker walks into... I can't remember. There's a scene in one and in two. I think in one of them, it's a pool hall. and one of them, it's like a Chinese yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And then all the dealings are happening in the back and he goes back yeah. and, you know, starts whipping out his pistol and he's like, I need information. Yeah. It's very um, like classic mob. It happens in the back. Everything yeah, happens yeah. in the back and that's where... By the freezers. By the by coolest. The free- yeah. There's always a freezer involved and then headless horsemen <laughs> ensue. Headless um, horsemen. Yeah, I just, no, I and I, I do get it. I do get that it felt a little off-brand. I didn't, in my head, think it was off-brand, but I thought it was like a weird start, and then I was I was over it immediately. I was like, oh, this, I was this, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, because obviously once we see the whole episode, we feel a certain way about it. But again, with all of our complaining over the past couple episodes, it starts, and I'm like, glad to see Mando, but we're in like the set of Saw 1, and I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, are we doing this all again? But See, it, if, you know, if it didn't go it was anywhere, over. 
yeah, if it didn't go anywhere or lead to anything, exactly, uh, I, I definitely would have felt like, uh, did they just throw that in to throw it in? But it, yep. it was like, okay, he did his bounty. Clearly, he has to go weird places to do certain yeah. bounties. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know. Yeah, it was over very quick. So thank God. Um, now, of course, this episode had so much everywhere. Every corner you looked, whether it was straight up Star Wars fan service, Star Wars history, we got to see brand new shit like the ring that we were just referring to. By the way, I know, I know you noticed like the, uh, it almost looked like a security light that was like going throughout the ring in like makeshift daytime. Like oh, you could see day and night. I noticed that. I didn't know if it was that or if it was um, just the way that it was like orbiting around whatever moon or planet it might have been near. Yeah, like I, I thought maybe like the, the the planet was like blocking the light, like every. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, it was more of a thing that I noticed. Like clearly, like day daylight for twenty minutes, and then it goes into darkness again. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking quick, weird. Quick but day night cycle there. Yeah, yeah. Catching that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we it's like we see him do a quick bounty. He pays the dude off. By the way, that long shot. Of him going into the elevator, going up the elevator, cashing mm-hmm. in on the bounty, going back to the elevator, around going the back table, down, yep. going around the table. That was all like two and a half minutes of straight one shot. And I was, and I was watching that thinking, beautiful. Wow, this is, they're going there. Like, this is awesome. This is fun. Yeah. And um, I, I watched a YouTube video about it. And he, the guy was suggesting that the it was almost like a loading screen you go into the elevator and they move the set around so when he walks back out it's a different set oh yeah 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 so it was quite literally like a a physical loading screen that's cool so yeah it makes me like that even more yeah yeah so the work that goes into that but um yeah I mean we we get to see him use the dark saber right off the bat in the meatpacking plant He's obviously struggling with it. Go ahead. I was, I don't know if I would say I was surprised by that, but yes, it came out like, you know, within the first like two or three minutes, which is awesome. To be honest, as soon as like I understood what was going on, because the first shot showed him like the silhouette and it showed the spear, I assumed he was going to be using the spear. I did as well. I was like, he's not ready for the Darksaber yet. Yeah. And then when he whipped it out, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then he goes for it. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, so. Let's talk about the dark saber in particular because I feel like there's a lot there. There is, yeah. And I actually was hoping to rewatch this episode again before we recorded, but I did not have time. So, <laughs> me neither. That's why I watched a quick YouTube video. Someone smarter than me broke it down. Um, Someone smarter and with, with way more time. <laughs> with way more time. So the dark saber, though, I mean, he's clearly struggling with it. Whether it's because even the um, the. Uh, the armor, the armor. Thank you. <laughs> she she says you're you're not fighting your enemies. You're fighting the saber itself. Yeah. And it was like, oh, no wonder he kind of like fucked around and hit himself during the yeah. the meatpacking. Juiced his leg open. <laughs> Juiced his leg open. <laughs> but it was like it, it kind of ties back into that suggestion that was all set up in JJ and Ryan Johnson stuff that like items can be cursed or there's like essences attached to physical items. And that's what immediately I, I jumped to. I was like, this mm-hmm. dude is fighting, fighting the, the weapon itself clearly. Right. But it's like, maybe he's not good enough. Maybe he's not worthy. I mean, even yeah, he's armor, fighting the whole history of the Mandalorians. Right, exactly. Like this weight is put on this random bounty hunter from nowhere with no family. Yeah. Who's an orphan 
and he latched onto this clan when he was a kid and he's lived his whole life by it and he stumbles across, essentially stumbles across like the legacy weapon of Mandalore. And yep. it's up to him to, you know, use it, be honorable. If he's going to reunite the clans, uh, well, he could go what, anywhere with it. So yeah, it's a, it's a heavy weight. You know what immediately I thought, because the, the armor refers to like when it was forged and what the significance is. And they said the first wielder of it was a, uh, a Mandalorian Jedi. Yep. And in my head, I thought, well, Din Jaren at this point is neither. He's he's been Kinda, yeah. shunned from the Mandos, and he's not a Jedi. And in my head, I thought immediately, Grogu. Grogu is a, from a certain point of view, he's about to give some fucking chainmail <laughs> Beskar, and he's yeah. a Jedi. And I was like, this they, these motherfuckers are not leading to the suggestion that Grogu's going to wield. Not the dark saber. The tilt is bigger than him. I know. <laughs> maybe but he in, has the force. Maybe in a hundred years. <laughs> maybe he grows. Maybe he does get bigger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you think it's like, like you know, a puppy will go from baby to almost full grown pretty yeah. quick, like in Six, the first year. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's going to pull one of those. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, there, there's a lot more in that. Um, the, the armor just drops crazy knowledge and then we go back and see the great purge with the Terminator yep. stuff I was like oh my god this is yeah, so, there's a lot there. so beautiful it's, it's rare that I well actually no I'm gonna say the, actually the exact opposite of what I was thinking I love exposition dialogue and I know a lot of people think like or what do you mean what do you mean by that like when the armor is just like I'm gonna explain everything for 10 oh, minutes okay I see so I love that kind of stuff when it's when it's in the right setting. I know a lot of people are like, you know, it should weave it into the story and like the characters should kind of like, you know, learn it with you or something. But yeah. when a character just like drops all that knowledge in a short span of time, I'm for it. Like the architect scene in Matrix 2 is like one of my favorite scenes. It's just them talking, but he like lays down the whole history of the Matrix and the one and Neo and everything else. So I love that kind of stuff. Um, I The quick flashback to... You know, the bombing of Mandalore, Siege of Mandalore, like you said. Dude. Beautiful. The fleet of Thai bombers. Fuck yeah. Dude, in that Great Purge, uh, which is also called the Night of a Thousand Tears. Which yeah, I it's not the Siege of Mandalore. Sorry. I misspoke. Fucking awesome. Um, the Thai bomber scene. Beautiful. I mean, just oh, absolute annihilation. Love it. Um, and then you see the Imperial security droids acting like Terminators, the K2SOs, walking through after the blast, you know, in the assumption that... The ground is too contaminated after the bombings for actual humans to go down there. So we're going to send droids to kill off the rest of the fucking send Mandos. Send a droid. Dude. Yeah. And then, well, even in the in the huge, so you saw that big dome blast. During that blast, there was Mando helmets in the dirt, just like skulls yep. in the Terminator shots. I was like, dude. Beautiful. Give this woman an entire fucking trilogy. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. <laughs> It's it's one of those. That's like, true. Yeah, it's one of those things that like she just gets it. She just does. She knows when to slap us, when to dangle Tickle something us. in front of us. It's <laughs> it's it's true though, and she and she does it all in a way that that accentuates the story. She she's not spoon feeding us, but at the same time she is, and we felt we feel along with with the characters. You know, we're, we're learning about this um, the great purge. Along mm -hmm. with Din Djarin. he's I mean, he's no Mando from right. a certain point of view. Right. So it's, I don't know. She just does a great job. Yeah, there is uh, certainly a fine line between 
fan service and having it get in the way. And we've talked about that. You know, that was a big thread throughout kind of like the first half of season two of The Mandalorian yeah. was this is a lot of fan service and we're fans, but like, you know, are we, are we str- starting to cross that line? Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, you're right. She does a good, a good job of that. I was quickly going to IMDb to see which, I can't remember which episode of season two she directed. I wanted to see which one that was. Um, but continue on. I'll, I'll look for it in the background. Um, what was your thought about... Um, oh, it was hip- the, er- the heiress. The one where they meet Bo-Katan. Oh, okay. That Which one I was- think was a good one. Oh, yeah. That one was a little shifty, though. Because that's where you, you drop off the frog lady. That's the very beginning of it. And then he drops off Grogu. No, doesn't Grogu get thrown into that shark? Yeah, like that Kraken thing. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That was a pretty intense episode. But it ends on that starship battle, which is really fun. Um, Oh, that's right, where they're trying to get out of the atmosphere. And that's where the guy bites that that thing that kills himself, the the Imperial pilot. Fucking Hail Hydra style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. I, uh... um, Matt Fuck. says uh, it was fan service done right. I I agree. I just I felt like it made sense. I don't know how else to tell, say it. I'm, I'm sure you guys felt the same way because there, there hasn't. I haven't heard too many negative things about that last one. But um, I've only heard one negative thing about it. <clears throat> What's that? I want to hear this section. I'm surprised you didn't say that first. Uh, it's not an episode of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> it's an episode of the Mandalorian. At this point. Am I really going to criticize that with how I feel about the previous episodes? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Give me good Star Wars at this point. I feel bad saying that, but I, I was very pleasantly I mean, I was surprised because there was no Boba Fett in the Book of Boba Fett. But, um, yeah, I just, I felt like it was an episode five thing where it was kind of thrown in there. It's just meant to shake things up a little bit. Um, and then we'll, we'll get back to the main story here. And I, yeah. I, Go ahead. I'm cool with that. I, I guess when the fact that Bobo came back in Mando and then the post credit scene is when they introduced the idea of his own show, I kind of assumed that these threads were going to run together anyways. Mando, Book of Boba Fett, Rangers of the New Republic, and I think yeah. there's one other one, Ahsoka, yeah. Like, they're all taking place at the same time. I know there's going to be crossover. Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to not see anyone from the main storyline until like the last two minutes. But yeah. again, the what we had in the first four episodes, this episode was so good. And I know we're all like waiting impatiently for season three of Mando anyways. Like it was, hey man, I got no complaints. Let's do it. You yeah. fucking said wizard. Like, let's do it. The the fucking Mando said wizard. <laughs> That's it, so amazing. It, you know, and I'm, I'm, of course I'm um, biased. You know, the... The fan service they did give us was right up my fucking alley. Episode you one, know, baby. Episode one. It was. It was. It was all in the feels. But um, yeah, I. You know, maybe I'm giving it a pass. You know, with my previous criticism. But it's like my previous criticisms was about the crate dragon episode, which you know we get crate dragon pulled from Kotor, which I should be fucking hyped about. <laughs> right. Um, we get episode one Anakin Pod Racer. We get uh, R four, which with the burnt motivator. Like there was a lot of stuff in there that I just didn't feel right about. Um, which I do feel right about this. I don't know what the difference is. The the usage, the way it's used. Um, possibly. I really do think this stark comparison 
of the past four episodes to this one definitely does play a role, I think. Just because it, it, everything else we felt a certain way about, then we get hit with this, and it's like, right. dude, it's 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 coming from me at every angle. The right, fan like service, it is a great episode, but it's like maybe seems ten times greater than it actually is because yeah. of of what we're thinking of. You know, oh, what it's I mean? the comparison. We'll put a dog shit episode right. next to a real. No, nah, I hear, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> not you to say I, they did it on purpose, but yeah. yes, that's that's what I'm talking about. You know what I just thought about, which I'm sure everybody else has thought about, but the fact oh, that yeah. we're gonna see a Nubian. Next to be in it. Slave One, and they're going to be on the same fucking team. Yeah, the Starfighter, yeah. dude. They're going to take over the fucking galaxy with those two ships. Dude, they could do a lot, man. <laughs> Fennec needs her own ship too. They can start building a little mini fleet. You know that low key had come across my mind. Like she's supposed to be a fucking savage, and even in the the previous four episodes, we've had great criticism about Boba Fett and what he's been doing. Understandably, I know he's been a back to tank and all that. But Fennec, I feel like she should have her own shit. She should have her own ship. She should have, like, people fearing her. She should be known as well. I mean, she went toe-to-toe with uh, Cat Bane. Yeah. I think she is, like, in certain... Like, people that know bounty hunters obviously know who she True. is. True, yeah. Like, Kersan and Boba know. I just kind of more wanted more recognition for her because, yeah, you know, she's clearly a fucking badass. Oh, yeah. Um, she is savage. What do I got here, my goddams? Oh, I want to see your podcast points, dude. No, you don't. There's a lot of good... Bi- I have wizard <laughs> It's in just all-, all happiness. It's just... It, I have <laughs> wizard in all caps. Um, <laughs> That's all I'm, we need to talk about. I'm not even joking. I have wizard in all caps. Um, you know, of course, we get the, the mechanic lady. Like her I do or not hate her. like her. You know... I'm sorry. I never did, and she was featured so much in this one. I was just like, okay, yes, I get it. You bang Jalice. It's fine. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I'm actually okay with it. Um, the Book of Boba Fett as a whole has not had any... Um, comic relief? Yeah, comic relief. There, there. It really hasn't had that back and forth, like, ebb and flow of anything. It's just kind of been... Dragon Bazda. Drag, yeah, dragging through the sand. That's how it's felt. Um, so I, I completely understand. Dragging through the sand. I completely understand uh, you not liking her, but it was kind of like a breath of fresh air from, you know, a character we dislike. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I thought it was fine. She does talk too much. So it's that C3PO effect. Like, I yes. get it. I get right. it. Just shut the fuck up. You know, but he's programmed <laughs> to do that, and she just won't shut up. Yeah. Banging um, down was very furry. Very it, furry. It, yeah. It very didn't furry. seem it didn't seem forced, at least. Like, yeah. he said he's going back to Tatooine, and first we're like, oh, yeah, obviously Fennec must be hiring him for a job. But then you realize he's going to Moss Eisley, and he's hired Pelly to build him a new ship or find him, like, a replacement or something like that. Yeah. Well, that totally it, tracks. Yeah, and it tracks also, like, it's a safe space for him. Like, he can go there and be like, okay, I know she's going to take care of me. Yep. Whatever take care of me means, whether it get, gets, <laughs> means, a little gets me a job on the side. A little like, angry you know, handy in, the, in never, the sand. You never know, man. She <laughs> cooked me a nice home-cooked meal. Um, a little less, pasta. Yeah. I don't have to take my helmet off for that. I can still be a mando and get a hand job. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I get it. I get it. And he's coming around to uh, droids. Did you see him um, thank the BD, the BD unit? How about the BD unit? Hey, I tell you what. It's that fan service again that I just felt 
That was it made it, it made sense. It made sense, guys. I don't know what that means in in my fucking stupid brain, but it just <laughs> neither I, do I. <laughs> I it, 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 you know, I I know what's her name. What's the mechanic's name? Pelly. Pelly. I know Pelly just works alone, and she's got the pit droids. She's got the gonk droid walking around. And when the BD unit showed up, I thought she came across a BD unit and thought it would be useful. I think that makes fucking sense. And then in my fucking nerd brain, I was like, a fucking BD unit? This is awesome. It, it just, it hits two strings at the same time. We're playing chords now. This is fucking great, great shit. What a symphony you got going on. Um, yeah, man, it was great. I uh, I do, I do want to know what is going on in your brain when you think Mando season two, episode one, there's a speeder built out of Anakin's pod race engine. Anakin pod racing episode one was is there can you think of any reason why like you scoffed at that at first but you wanted the BD you're like all gung-ho about the BD unit I don't I don't know I just felt like it was too much too quick and you know what it was immediate I mean we're going after Boba Fett's armor so we're mm-hmm. already like kicked in the face we know what's what's we're already in that mindset sure and then it's and it's like it would have been enough in my head to have a pod racer engine. In my head, the issue was that it was they had to put Anakin's pod racer in there, and I was like, you know, right? Like if it was the actual BD one from Cal Kestis, it would. That's have been a how different... it would feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You you right. hit it right on the head. Yeah, because if it was the BD unit, I would have been right. pissed. So if they had thrown like Gascano's pod race engine yeah, onto why? a thing, dude, that would have been such a nice touch. It was just a little too close to the chest, I feel. It was like, of course it's Anakin's. And yeah. it, it, you know why? It, because they put Anakin's pod racer in there for the viewers and not for the Star Wars universe. It felt like they were smacking us in the face and not feeding us food. Yeah, yeah Kigo just said it's not the same N1 starship that Anakin yeah. stole. So that, yeah, that would have been the same thing. If yeah. somehow it was like they found out in like the flight records that this is the one that Anakin stole and like shut down the Trade Federation with yeah. and it made its way to, to Tatooine. Yep. That's yeah. I don't know what the what the in my mind something clicks when it's like, ah, that's too much. You're doing it too hard. Slow down on the handy. You're just mashing it now. Come you're on. you're not mining for fucking conundrum, <laughs> you know. <laughs> conundrum? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Corundum. Corundum. I've never been able to pronounce that word. Yeah. I'm gonna I I'm, I'm calling next time I play Skyrim, I'm calling that shit conundrum ingots. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit quandary ingots. Oh um, man. But yeah, um, I, th- I think you hit it on the head. Yeah, I think it, it just the fact yeah. It's just too much. It's just too much. But the BD, yeah, you're right. As soon as I saw the BD unit, I was like fucking click in my mind. Perfect. I love it. What do you think a an N one starfighter is doing on Tatooine? Does it matter? That's no, I'm the just nice, curious. That's the nice thing. That's the nice thing. If it was Anakin's, the one that he flew, now there has to be a fucking comic book series explaining <laughs> how Anakin's fucking starfighter ended up on Tatooine. The fact yeah. that it's just a starfighter is a nice touch, and we can move yeah. on. You know, it's it's. They could have do done that. With, it could have been one of the Arc 170s, the N1, like one of the clone ships, it could have been Jedi anything. Starfighter or something it, like that. It yeah. could have been anything. And it was an extremely nice touch that it was Nubian. Uh, obviously, we've been on Tatooine talking about Nubian vessels. So Nubian, eh? there's, there's some which way, you know, 
Yeah. Nubians had a lot of money. They're probably worth a lot of money. But when they get trashed, that's one the one that you want to keep on to. That's the old she must, Mopar. She must like episode one, man. I, mean, I'm I know. She's how old pit, is pit droids? Smoke Show? 1981? Yeah. So she was 18 when Phantom Menace came out? I don't know. Wasn't Ron Howard supposed to direct Phantom Menace back in the day? Oh, that's a... I didn't... Like, I, I think I think originally Lucas wanted different directors, and I think he was on the list. I think Tommy Boy told me that. I can't remember. I have a random fact that I didn't realize. Uh, I was watching that YouTube video, and they said that the um, the larger... Mando's rival, the the bigger Mando guy... Uh, yeah, Paz Vizsla. Is played by Jon Favreau. Oh, nice. yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that. I didn't fucking know that. I didn't either. catch his voice. Yeah, I uh, I was watching that YouTube video and I just looked at like if I had a mirror, I would have looked at myself like, why the fuck didn't you know that? Like, the guy just <laughs> well, like, you don't recognize his voice, right? Yeah, I didn't know it was John Favreau. I did not. And then now that I know, I'm gonna be fucking looking at him differently. Well, was it also in the season one, Amanda? Was it him yep. too? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well, good job, John. Good job. That's the, that's the dream for. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be in a position where I'm creating like movies or TV. But like, if I were, the dream oh. for me would be like producing and being able to create, and then like little cameos like he has, like Rio in um, Solo. You know, yeah. So Matt's saying it was voiced by John Favreau, not acted by. So maybe I'm, maybe oh, I am okay. incorrect. So yeah, he's not. He's not quite as uh, jacked as he used to be. You know, Good I was looking John. at the guy, and the <laughs> the, uh, the armor is. It's pushing its limits. I mean, he's a, whoever's playing him is a bigger guy. Oh, yeah. But. He's jacked. Um, but, yeah. Let's, you seen Spider-Man yet? Quick side um, note. No, they haven't released. I've bought it. it I've oh, that's right. You're waiting for the home. I'm waiting for it to yeah. experience. Got it. Um, Sorry. Let's go back to um, the spear. The yeah. spear being crafted for possibly chain mail armor for a little fucking Grogu. What the fuck? Well, let's go back a step further because the armor explains that like Beskar is not supposed to be used as weapons, which I thought was very interesting. She it's said not- like Beskar is not intended to be weaponry. It's supposed to be made for armor, which I found crazy. Yeah, you know, I think we're going to get some crazy shit happening. I th- My prediction at the end of Boba Fett, well, maybe we'll just push it to Mando season three. Yeah. Is we are going to understand or come across that the uh, Great Purge was because of Thrawn. That's my 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 two cents that I'm tossing in there. Because that Beskar Steel spear came from that that devil woman that Ahsoka Ahsoka's fought. Ahsoka's fighting, right. Who is directly directly reports to Thrawn, and I mm-hmm. thought maybe Thrawn had it at one point. Who mm-hmm. got involved with you know the Mandos and and actually ordered for the Great Purge to happen? He probably thought saw him as a threat, so he's like, "Fuck him! We need to get rid of him and not have to worry about these fuckers." Yeah, yeah. Well, now now Kigo chimes in, says the whistling birds are made from Beskar, so the armor is a liar. Armor just broke continuity. Armor, fuckers. I, I no longer like this episode. I this podcast episode and the book of Mando. <laughs> the book, book of, of Mando. Mando. Yeah. Um it is an interesting thing for them to throw in though. Like put aside like the if there's like a plot hole or like a contradiction, but the idea that it's such a sacred it's like the sacred metal, you know, of Mandalore. And so it's supposed to be used like in a particular way. That's what they all make their armor out of. It's not for attack, it's for defense. I think that's that's kind of nice. 
Yeah, you know, I the YouTube video I was watching was also referring to how the armor might have um, exaggerated what happened on Mandalore because she wants to make Bo-Katan look bad. She basically mm-hmm. blamed Bo-Katan for the fall of everything because she took the Darksaber mm-hmm. willingly from a fucking friend. And you're like... Did you just blame your entire collapse of the civilization because some woman got a sword? Like, that's what you're really trying to say? So I felt yeah. like those flashbacks, or at least the uh, the historical bombings and that, all that that we saw, might have been exaggerations of the armorer. But that is that is part of it. Like, whether Bo-Katan, like, literally caused that, I think, is one thing that, um, we can argue, and I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. But just the mere fact that the Mandalorians had, over the course of time, started to kind of splinter off. Yeah. And you have, like, extremists, and then you have, like, the politicians and whatnot. And because she didn't win it in combat, that's kind of, like, you look back on that moment, and that's, like, the linchpin. Not the linchpin. What's the word I'm looking for? Cataclysm. The, that's, like, the tipping point or whatever for this entire thing happening, right? Whether it's actually Bo-Katan's fault is another matter. Well, they're um, all going to be pointing fingers. I mean, the fall of a right. society, everybody's going to be like, well, that wasn't because of me. Well, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So, um, you so, know, I think I'm so we're, excited for these. I'm so excited for this storyline in Mando season three. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. I'm more excited for this now for than Boba I am <laughs> for like the last two, like the last two episodes of Boba Fett. I'm not, I'm, I'm not not excited for it. I'm obviously going to watch it. Um, what are you doing over there, dog? Quiet down. But, but you're right. It's the seeds are planted for the big, see, the retaking of Mandalore. Which oh, is, yeah. I, which is, I think, it more in Din Djarin's, um Definitely. And I think Boba Fett will probably join up and help him out. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. But those but, excited seeds are not a part of this next two episodes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's see what they bring us. At the same time, you go back to first season of... Well, actually, no. Never mind. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that episodes, later. Right? <clears throat> I'll come back to what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, so moving ahead to the next stuff of Mando, there's like two big items. One is all the Mandalorians. Are they going to reunite? Are they going to fight with each other? Are they going to take Mandalore? And then two is, is Mando going to go visit baby Grogu? Yeah. And give him his little chain mail. And are we going to see Luke? Are we going to see other students? Are we going to see three-year-old Kylo Ren? Is Grogu going to have a lightsaber? Dude. Like how there's so much possibility there. You know, I, what I, I was thinking is uh, when he was on that commercial shuttle going to Tatooine and that little Rodian waved his oh, so cute claw, whatever you want to call it, his three fingered his claw. wiggles. Um, and then he looked down at that little handkerchief of chain mail that was made and it was like literally in the shape of, of Grogu's oh, yeah. head. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was trying to get into <clears throat> Mando's mind and I think Mando feels like he might have made a mistake. Like letting the kid go, you know, because he was, you know, I know his parents saved him, but he grew up without parents. Yep. Yeah, dude. He I didn't think have he parents. did make a mistake. Yep. Did he have parents? At some point, Mando is going to take Grogu away from the academy before Kylo Ren destroys it all. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. Either and Grogu that or obviously will-, will live on after the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's what, how I felt when that's he was it. looking down at that handkerchief or whatever it is, and the kid. Yeah, I just. Oh, the also the other thing to jump back to the uh, the Naboo Starfighter, mm-hmm. um, the droid pit or the uh, 
yeah, seat yeah, yeah. was taken the- out, immediately I thought, that's a great spot for, I don't know, fucking Grogu. 100%. He's got to get a little flight vest in there, a little flight. He's got chainmail. He's he's he's, he's ready true. to go. Yeah, it doesn't matter, dude. You could survive a crash at light speed with best guard chainmail on. Also, how fucking cool! Well, I we'll just keep going along this fucking uh, Naboo Starfighter stuff because there's a lot there. So we see him go through Beggars Canyon. We see mm-hmm. him go through the entire fucking pod race um, course. Pod race course. We see the uh, the safety ramp or whatever Anakin yep. bus, and the shit's still laying there, still broken. <laughs> Um, and then he so, goes up, and then he 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 sees the the commercial ship again, mm-hmm. nods to the kid, right? And then the X wings come come in, and he does. Don't forget, he does a little pass over the ship like Anakin does over the Trade Federation oh, thing. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, he does a little spin up there. Yeah. Um, what was your thoughts that the X wings were so surprised when he fucking took off? That like was fucking fast. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, actually, all right. So going back to the engine thing really quick. <clears throat> I love that it looked like there was like a fucking yeah. big block with a carburetor sticking yeah. out of like the Starfighter. That was cool. Yeah. But yeah, when she kept talking about the engine and like the special modifications or whatever, I was like, yeah, what's what's he going to do with it? And then he took off like fucking Nos and Fast and the Furious. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, also, did you see that Lunar Wayne shaft or whatever the fuck they pulled out that big, the stick that was yeah, in yeah, the trash compactor? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Fan service, baby. That was a nice one because... I didn't notice it until I exactly. watched the uh, one of the YouTube uh, reactions. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say I, I knew it, but as soon as I saw it, my mind, something went off. I just didn't know what. Yeah. I was like, something here's familiar. <laughs> and then I watched it. I was like, <laughs> fuck, no wonder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. What, that, going through the fucking pod race course, the track, I was like... That was nice. You know, I, I and I, I was even asking myself again. I was like, "Why am I okay with this pot or this uh, fan service?" Because I know I've been a, a huge, I've been critical of all that, and then we're like on the fucking course again in a Nubian, all from episode one. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, "I'm having fun. I'm smiling through this instead of criticizing it." What's the difference? You're happy that there's you know a solid episode. Well, it's like, you know... With threads that you've been waiting to hear about. Threads. Things that you didn't expect a whole episode about Mando. We knew he was going to show up, but like, we didn't know it was going to be a whole thing. So, you, you know, know I, you, your fucking serotonin is through the roof. Well, it is. And we're, we're learning brand new things. We, we get to see the Halo ring. Fucking brand new. We we're in a meatpacking right. plant, which, you know, like it or love it, it's brand new. You're like, oh... I'm learning like this. Okay, this makes sense. This mm-hmm. is fun. Mm-hmm. We learn about the history of Mandalorians. We go back in a flashback and see some crazy shit. I'm oh, on yeah. a fucking high. And then we go back to familiar territory on Tatooine. And there's just sprinkles of, of familiar stuff. We see the, the shaft thing. And it's like, ah, oh, fucking and a Nubian starfighter and BD. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Now that mm-hmm. I've already like, I've learned more about Mando culture. I know that Mando's now been kicked out of the Mandalorians. I know that mm-hmm. there's chain mail that he has for fucking Grogu. I mean, they, they threw so much at us that I was so okay with wherever we went. We could you, we could go back there. We could go through the fucking pod racing course, and I would be all right with it because sure. they already gave me shit. I don't right. know. Go ahead. You think, yeah, it's like, well, Luke says in episode eight, you think it's just like balance, you know? Yeah. Like things are in balance. So it's like enough brand new stuff. Enough exposition, enough fan service, uh, enough com- com- uh, comedic relief, comic yeah. relief, or whatever. Um, yeah, you got to get the formula right, man. 
you, you know, got to get those fucking uh, calculations just right. Talking about the uh, the armor again, um, I th- I thought there was a nice uh, tongue in cheek quote that she threw out there. Oh yeah, she talks about the mythosaur. Uh, to Din. Oh, yeah. And she says, oh, the Mythosaur only exists in Legends now. And in my head, I was like, you sneaky bitch. Yep. In Legends, in Disney Legends, and, oh, so yeah. was, and then in, in Mandalorian <laughs> Legends, I was like, oh, that yeah. is... I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you think she's wrong? Um, because when Boba yes. gets the Rancor, he says, I've ridden beasts like 10 times this size before. Um, why in my head am I thinking that he has, or are we referring to the Lapras that he rode in the, in the, uh, holiday special? Oh, yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he does have a mythosaur on his, that's his sigil. You know what I mean? Mando has the, the mud horn. Boba has the, whatever you call it. But isn't that a, that's a Mandalorian sigil. That's not a Boba Fett sigil. Um, okay. Yeah, that's probably right. Which is weird. Yeah, you're right. He has the Jester Mareel insignia thing. Okay. Got it. My bad. Oh, man. Yeah. So too much thing, man. So much to keep track of, yeah. Yeah, as soon as she said uh, it only exists in Legends, I just thought, you love it. It's so, mm-hmm. that's so, so good. Um, yeah. I just, it went so many places. Brand new, familiar, familiar and brand new. I mean, the Nubian Starfighter. But you know, take it off the yellow paint, yep, and souping it up and making it different. It's chrome; it matches his armor, dude. <laughs> There's a lot of good there. There's a lot of good there, man. It's a fucking hot rod NS NS one. It's it's sweet. And you know, how did you feel about how like um, uh, Fennec just came in and was just like, "Hey, Bofet wants to hire you," and he's like, "Fucking do it for free, bitch. Let's do this shit." Well, he owes him. I that True. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Again, I just I wish there would have been a little more. I kept every time they ended a scene and they were about to cut. I kept thinking they were going to cut back to Boba Fett and have a scene with Boba Fett talking about his plans while the, the Pikes are about to invade or whatever, and then go back to Mando and just kind of bounce back and forth all episode. And they just kept staying with Mando the whole time. I just wasn't expecting that, but yeah, yeah, you know, a, a little more. I think tying into what's actually going on. You know, Boba's like, we need some extra muscle. We know there's a storm brewing. We know the pikes are involved. The mayor's missing. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Is so, the mayor I don't missing? Know. Well, he's not like lost. He's he he escaped. He's with the pikes. Oh, That's what okay. they learn at the end of the the five mile an hour chasing. Oh, the dude. I blacked out dude. that, yeah, after that. <laughs> I, blacked, I totally browned out during that <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, you know, in my head, I, after the uh, Starfighter montage uh, with the Nubian, I kind of, in my head, was just like, oh, yeah, you know what would be fun is if Boba Fett jetpacked into the arena, landed, and, and like, made eye contact with Amando and was like, hey, yeah. I need this, you, is, what, I need this is what's going down. Let's fucking do this. Dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I did have the same feeling, but you know, they gave us so much in that episode. I was like, I right, exactly. You got to you got to temper it. You know, I think yeah. that's a lot. I'm seeing just barely browsing like the subreddit and whatnot. A lot of people just complaining that like, oh, it's just an episode of Mando. Um, I don't I, have that same complaint. I no complaint. I like the side mission. I'm cool with that, or like the intermission, the hiatus, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I wish there was. I don't know. 
five more minutes of Boba Fett and Fennec stuff to kind of tie us into like why they want Mando. That would have been nice. Um, yeah, the issue is just that our best episode of the book of Boba Fett is all about the Mando. <laughs> and no, I don't know. Here's, here's the trick. I don't know exactly why that is. And it's not to say, it's certainly not to say that like Boba Fett is himself is going nowhere or like, I don't like the character anymore or like his storyline. I just think they haven't showcased what he has to offer in the show as good as they could have. Yeah. I think, I think where he's headed, wanting to be the mob boss and rule with respect, et cetera. I think that's all great stuff. They just haven't, they haven't presented it as well as they did you know, like with Mando. I now, mean, sim- granted, simply we have put, like, we care, we care more about Mando's story at this point. That's simply put, that's where I'm at. We have two seasons of Mando sure. to go off of. Yeah. But they in did just it recent well. memory. Yeah. Whereas Boba Fett has just been Sarlacc pit. It was like dead stop basically since 1983 kind of until now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Mando's maybe a little more fresh in our mind. He has the attachment to Grogu, which well, we're, you know, always sentimental it. for. I know we we talk shit about when stuff's uh, too tied in, but Mando does have dealings with Jedi. Mando does have dealings with Mandalorians. He does uh-huh. have dealings with bounty hunters. Like he just has so many connections and so many places that he could go. Where I feel like Boba Fett, you know, loosely, you know, has had dealings with all that. But in the storyline that they've given us, it's like huts, which of course, okay, we're on Tatooine, and the Pikes are the obvious two big ones. Uh-huh. But like. Man, where like where where can we go? I don't know yet. That's right. it's it's more up in the air still. Where Din Jaren from the very beginning we get Grogu. And it's like right. fuck. Yeah, we've said that. That's kind of the missing thread there for Boba. Mm-hmm. Um What do you what yeah, are you man. expecting, man? Are are we just going to we're going to ha- see Din Jaren walk into f- f- the fucking palace and we're going to go at it? I mean, that how fun <laughs> is that? Um well, I think they'll do the typical like, you know, double finale. Where like the end, the big end, whatever conflict is in two episodes. It's going to be spread yeah. over to two episodes. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely going to happen. Um, I honestly don't know. That's that was that's why I went back to complain about you know Fennec in this <laughs> recent episode is that there's, and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, I guess going through Mando season one. You knew that the Imperials were shady and you knew that Moff Gideon hadn't showed up yet. So like there's this looming threat. Yeah. And you're kind of waiting to see like, why is he after Mando? What's the connection? So we're kind of waiting for that the whole time. This, like I know the Pikes are involved, but like I don't have, I'm not worried about Boba. I'm just like kind of waiting. I don't know. Maybe that's hard to say. You know what it is though? You you were almost there. When you (laughs) Finish my thought. No, yeah. I mean, you have something though. It's... When you say, hey, you know, we got in a fucking tussle with the Imperials. In our head, we already know what the Imperials are capable of and mm-hmm. what they've done. When we when we say, hey, the Pikes, oh, fuck, they're out for us. I'm like... We've only seen them like twice, you know, right? What what kind of threat does that even mean? I have no idea yet. And of mm-hmm. course, it could, it could unfold right in front of our eyes in the next couple episodes. But as yeah. of right now, my mind doesn't go anywhere. The Pikes are involved. I'm like, okay, Solo... A little bit like I don't fucking and little know. Clone Wars, yeah, yeah. I just, I it's more unknown. Um, even with the huts, to be honest, they I know they're left. supposed to be ruthless, but then they give them a fucking present and leave. And like, 
uh, what happens? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm I am on the same page as you. I'm More excited, excited for Mando. I'm 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 excited to see what happens to Mando. Yeah. Um, and why this thing's called the fucking Book of Boba Fett? Is it just literally a title? He's maybe he's archiving all of his uh, stories like Bilbo Baggins. Mm, there and back it. again, a Boba Fett story. What? Yeah, a what Mandalorian's if, what if, journey. Yeah. What if at the end of uh, episode seven of Book of Boba Fett, you see Boba Fett as an old man close a book and he's, and he's talking to some old? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> My, do you think? But we're gonna get a second season. I guess we don't know until do we, we see how these last two episodes play out. I was just gonna say, well, because we I, I was just thinking like. Um, I'm glad I remember this because I, I thought about it like in our last thread before you moved on. I didn't want to forget. Hey, dog, quiet down. Um, Din Jaren is Jon Snow. He's not, yeah. he's kind of an orphan, but is he really? Um, he's important, doesn't know but doesn't know from, his own importance. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't know his own importance. Uh, he's really skilled. He has, I think he has honor and integrity. He's, he likes to do the right thing, even though he is a bounty hunter. Like he gets the job done, but at the end of the day, I think he does the right thing. I think Grogu changed him even more yeah. to that. Um, and the perfect person to inherit a position of power is someone that doesn't want it and has, you know, all the right like character traits to do that. So I think we're leading to Din Djarin being the Mandalore. And helping reunite the different clans. See, I don't know if that will happen season three, maybe season four. So much because it's weight. a it's a big it's there's a big storyline there. There's so much weight in that yeah. storyline, and that's what I haven't felt with the book of Boba Fett. Now, yeah. of course, you know maybe season three is just called the Mandalorians because right. now we have Boba Fett and Din and Bo-Katan, and we're all getting in the fucking spaceships, and we're gonna go fucking take what's I mean yeah. what's left of Mandalore? I have no idea. From the looks of it, right? There's Ruins. more on Jakku <laughs> at this right. point. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, the the last thing while I have Mandalore on the mind, um, the armor also talked about uh, how to um, basically join back into the Mandos. How to? Uh, what's oh what's yeah? The, she, they kicked him out. They kicked him out, and he's like, "Well, how do I attain for my sins?" Uh, and she's like, well, you got to go drink the water underneath the mines of Mandalore or some show. <laughs> but uh, the living waters is what she says. Uh, yeah. The living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. And the YouTube video I watched mentioned, like, maybe that's the reason the Beskar is so strong. Because the waters are special on Mandalore, or at least were special. Um, mm. And now that it's all poisoned and gone, that's why Beskar is so rare. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all, it's, it's weird. Like, I like that it's not, I, I, the only way I can say this is like man-made. It's a natural occurrence on Mandalore, mm -hmm. which makes the metal special. And I thought, what a nice touch to throw out there that it's not people or aliens or, you know, technology doing this. It's right. a natural occurrence that just, you know, makes some special shit. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I find it interesting that the most warrior-like of all of like the Star Wars cultures also has a lot of this like fantasy element to its backstory. Yeah. Like it yeah. does seem very like medieval. Um, they're like knights basically, you know? Yeah. Like they're supposed to live by a code of chivalry and then they have this, you know, um, mythical beast, the mythosaur, and then they have this weird element that makes them super strong armor and whatnot. But they are like high-tech armor, savage, like bounty hunters for the most part. So it's a yeah. cool like dichotomy. 
you're right. You're right. That's why I said it. Yeah, it's somewhere oh. between like Hercules and like all the beasts that Hercules, they Hercules. And, and and you know medieval, medieval knights. Like you said, it's somewhere like up just a blend of those. Yeah. Um, where I was going with the Din Djarin taking over as Mandalore thing was, I think Boba Fett's story ends by like sacrificing himself, having some strong connection to Jango Fett for some reason, and like basically helping Din by like you know. Uh, letting himself die. And then Din takes over. Boba Fett's a nice guy now. You know, he's connected with the, like, his uh, his bloodline, the spirit of Jango Fett, whatever. And then he's dead and Mandalore takes over. Hey, let me toss this out here. Because I know... Dave Filoni's listening? Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe the... History of the Mandos is so obscured and so incorrect at this point. The whole idea of you have to like kill someone to be to wield the dark saber and all this shit. What if that's all trash? And the Mandos have been wrong about the dark saber particularly and something happens where Din loses the dark saber and Boba Fett picks it up and is wielding it like a fucking boss. Now, the Mandos are starting to question themselves because Din and Boba are still alive, so it wasn't one throughout battle. Is there a, is there some type of bloodline right mm-hmm. that Boba Fett's tied to, which would bring Boba Fett real quick deep into the Mandalore discussion? Right. There's a lot of stuff that that would just all of a sudden open some doors to. Maybe Boba Fett is way important the way we want the way we want Din Jaren to be. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that makes sense. Like where in Harry Potter, it's not necessarily based on bloodline, but it's like, well, actually, yeah, it's a similar thing with the with the dark saber, where the elder wand only responds to the person. Like you kill someone with the elder wand, you get it, and it won't respond to anybody else. That's why it doesn't work for Voldemort. It works for Snape because he killed Dumbledore. Spoiler alert. So maybe something in Jango's past, like. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Jango was involved in some of this like Mandalorian bloodline stuff, and maybe it's been waiting for Boba Fett to like pick up the mantle. Dude, what if? Yeah, what if Jango was the wielder of it rightfully, and it was stolen from him, and somehow ended up in the hands of Thrawn, and it's just been fighting the wheel every person who's had it ever yeah. since then until it gets back into Boba Fett's hands, and which is literally a clone of Jango, so that Sword right. probably wouldn't know any fucking difference. It'd be like, oh shit, right. you're old. You're old as shit. Right. Um, yeah, I don't... Someone with more Clone Wars knowledge would have to uh, chime in. I think that's the first time we encounter it. Um, so it's in Clone Wars? It's possible, obviously, that like, you know, Django, what was he, 40, 50? He could have had, you know, a run-in with it before he actually gets to, you know, become the donor of the clones. Uh, Matt asks, did Sabine in Rebels wield it easily? And the answer is yes. And I'm not saying that from my own memory. I, it, that was referred to in the in the video I watched. She was training with um, Kanan. Oh, yeah, with Kanan, yep. And she was wielding it quite easily. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe she's a little more tuned in, though, to the culture, you know? Din's, like, totally outcast. I mean, Din is a bastard. Literally. He's a bastard, and he wasn't even supposed to be a Mandalorian. He That's was just true. taken he's in. not. I guess by blood, he's not even a Mandalorian. No. Right. What if... Bo- John Snow, what, baby. What if he has Jedi blood? 
No joke. What if his parents were? They, they, Did he what have if, I mean, there could be some random bloodline stuff that makes him something else. Would that be? Uh, would that annoy you, fan service wise? The same way Finn is a, je- a Jedi or Force sensitive or whatever. You know, the the Force sensitive stuff with Finn never bothered me. Oh, okay, good. I thought it yeah. did. No, it never really bothered me. I thought it actually made sense that like everybody's force sensitive to a certain degree. And if you listen hard enough. Yeah. I mean, of course, some people are going to be more naturally right. gifted. Uh, and the best of the best would be. But it's it's like, I don't know. Everybody can play basketball, but no one plays basketball like LeBron James. So everybody can use the, the force if you practice hard enough you might get pretty good right. but only the best of the best become Jedi and that's what I feel yeah. like Finn Finn has listened to himself and done the right things that the force is kind of you know sprinkling little it's a feeling mm-hmm. you know yeah I'm trying well now you're getting my mind racing I'm trying to think if we've seen anything if we've seen anything subtle from Din that would you be able like say season four is like oh yeah you're actually force sensitive he goes and sees Luke and Luke's like oh I have a feeling about you I sensed you coming and then something in one little act in season one was like oh yeah like that was supposed to be like the subtle hint that he actually is force sensitive well my thoughts go to the connection he had with Grogu well yeah but I mean he's just kind of yeah talking to the inanimate little baby not inanimate (laughs) what's the word when you can't speak you can't talk yet. Inaudible. Inaudible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I need a dictionary. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know. mean... That one's a far stretch. But I think him... Let's actually talk about um, potential like season three, season four of Mando because <laughs> last year, yeah. I was going on and on about how maybe my most anticipated thing that Disney could do is like something with Luke and his academy between episode six and seven. So it's possible that we could see a little bit of that. I don't know if they would spin it off to its own show like they're doing with like Ahsoka and all these other ones, but it's possible that we could just get a a glimpse, a scene or like one episode with Luke training young Jedi. I mean, it's not far-fetched in my mind to think that Din goes back, visits Grogu, mentions to Luke what the fuck's going on. And at that point, the Mandalorians are getting back together and considering like retaking Mandalore and the Jedi getting involved. Interesting. I mean... Like to stop them or to help them? No, to help them. Because they have common enemies. There is no big enemy at that point, though. Thrawn. No one knows about... Thrawn oh, is the yeah. enemy. I guess by that point, yeah, Thrawn. Who Ahsoka is hunting... We're getting fucking somewhere. What and if then dude, we I, have... I, I am rock hard thinking about Ahsoka having discussions with Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, that's it. That's what I I, I would if they put that Joy-gasm. somehow. Yeah, it's a it's fucking that's it, man. Well, and then now you get the whole the whole flip a legend story into canon with uh like the original heir to the Empire trilogy. So now it still takes place between six and seven. Admiral Thrawn is the threat. I hope they don't throw in that fucking weird grandpa Jedi at some point. But, you know, Grand Admiral Pelion and people could, you know, come into the mix. Um, yeah, they could re-canonize all that stuff in a better way. So it's not 1980. But like, 
1990. It's, it's, the, it's, those, it's like, what, 25, 30 years of, you know, between the Imperials and the First Order? Yeah, I think there's a 30-year gap between 6 and 7. What a great way to call back and be like, you know what, we've already name-dropped Thrawn. Anybody who's anybody who knows anything about Thrawn knows that that's a fucking big deal. Right. What a great enemy to put in between the Imperials and the First Order. And what yeah. a great opportunity to throw in some serious shit with the Mandalorians trying to do their thing again. And yeah. have a, a fucking crazy enemy involved. Um, you know, in between them trying to snoke a clone and clone the, the all of them. <laughs> Um, be yeah, cool to get I, more backstory on that. In the I'm telling you right now, well. that could be easily my favorite thing ever. Dude, I'm, I'm saying it right oh. now. If we see Mandalorian wars with Thrawn involved, oh, yeah. I, I'm a I'm I, I'm a big critic of Thrawn. But if they do it right, that could be that could be it. Yeah, I'm not a critic of the character so much as I am of the just, story just those lines. older books. Yeah, those yeah. Um, yeah, man. There's a lot of territory to explore. And I think it would behoove Disney and Lucasfilm to basically focus all of their original series programming around this entire thing. Like, let's do Kenobi and have fun. Let's do Andor and get out of the way because you guys promised that. But like now that some of these things have started to unfold with Mandalorian, we should really, they should really spend all three different shows every year that are all interweaving in this time between episode six and seven. Let's cast a young Kylo. Let's cast a young Luke. You can bring Andy Serkis back to do the mocap to be a young, younger-ish Snoke who's trying to seduce like teenage Kylo Ren. There's, you could do anything. Yeah. You could do anything. I mean, I'm notice not how say, we I'm, haven't got this excited about fan theories in the first four episodes of the show. <laughs> hey, you're, I mean, but I hate to I hate to bring it up again. I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of stuff that, like, yeah. you want to balance the fan service with the new storytelling. I want character development. I want plot, and I want just enough breadcrumbs that we can go on a rant about the next seven years of Star Wars, dude. With 45 minutes or whatever that she took, what? We could be <laughs> yep. sitting here in the next. I gotta month. go watch it again. Yeah, I gotta go watch it again. <sighs> It's so, it's so. And then good. we're about thirty six hours away from the next one too. What if? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Young Luke Skywalker, young Kylo Ren, recast, not recast Snoke. Bring back Andy Serkis as a mocap Snoke. You could flesh out the Knights of Ren. You could do all the stuff from that comic book storyline in live I mean, action. If they do, if they're doing it, there's no way. They're not doing something with Thrawn. They would not na name drop Thrawn. Definitely that, yeah. So if that's happening, and we already know the First Order happens, some serious shit goes down. And I have to believe that Luke Skywalker is involved if Thrawn is the enemy. And they are going to be so evenly matched, and it's going to make both characters look fucking great because they're like equal opposites. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Guys, mm -hmm. I mean... The, the broken Jedi we see in episode 8 we could see n n very quickly why I mean I know his Jedi Academy burned down and all that and that's <laughs> obviously going to be like a big I know his, some of his students died but whatever but I mean 
he could be putting it in his place like he was never before if he goes toe to toe with Thrawn. What I'm trying to think of um, an example because something just popped in my head based on what you said. So like, and I know this has happened in movies and shows. I'm just blanking on like a specific example right now. But you have the leader. And he starts making decisions and all of his students think he's making the wrong decisions, but he knows in the back of his mind, like, I have to do what's right. I have to do this. Even though everyone disagrees with me, I have to fucking do it anyways. And some of them might turn on me as a cause, but I have to like, you know, I have to do the right thing. Yeah. So like Thrawn's taking over and part of the, the downfall of Luke's Academy is that we're not supposed to take, they think based on the Jedi teachings, we're not supposed to take part in this or that. And Luke is trying to, you know, combat Thrawn make sure he doesn't take over the galaxy and then Kylo maybe disagrees some of the students disagree or something and like that would lead to the downfall of the academy other than just you know he read Kylo's mind you know and, what like, story you one just told scene and everything hey, what? hey you know what story you just told what, what? KOTOR okay Revan leaves the order because they're they're like we can't get involved and Revan's like fuck I have a lightsaber I can get involved real fucking quick and Malak is pissed too we can yeah. we can actually make a change in the in the universe in right. the galaxy copy and paste that to what you just said with Luke or oh, yeah maybe it's the other thing maybe Luke is trying to stay passive and Kylo wants yes. to go fight or something like that yeah yes you know, or you know you could make up a brand new Jedi new that he's Jedi. training yeah yeah but um yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or maybe oh, the maybe shit. the burning of the uh, New Jedi Order Temple is a retaliation from something that happened prior that Luke made a decision and killed off someone and it was a retaliation that Snoke was like, hey, we need to fucking put him in his place because they are yeah, clearly he, a threat. So something. First Order We're is just there. lurking for 30 years, basically, building up power. You think they're in, in cahoots with Thrawn or... Well, this also, sorry, you know, total side note. This also means that, you know, Ezra is possibly coming to live action as well. Because he and Thrawn go through that fucking time portal together, I think. Yeah. Shit. Wizard. Totally wizard, dude. Yeah. Like you said, it's it says something about this most recent episode that we can sit here and just theorize. The connections, man. I mean, that's where Star Wars... I... <laughs> I know I've said, hey, why does everything need to connect? But fuck me. That's why that's what Star Wars is. It's nice to be like, oh, when we're watching Boba Fett do his thing on Tatooine, that means this, this, and this with the Mandalorians, which could mean this, this, and this with Luke Skywalker, which you could and you're like, fuck, right. here's right. here's so much shit. Right. Dude, if if they don't do anything with Thrawn, and it, honestly within the next it has to be under five years. Well, Ahsoka is coming out this year, right? Mando so, season three, so Kenobi, we got Mando season three, Andor, ah- and Ahsoka. Ahsoka. I could have sworn it was Ahsoka this year. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out at Star Wars Celebration. But if that's what Ahsoka's story is about, specifically hunting down Thrawn, learning you know that he was the one behind the bombing of Mandalore, mm-hmm. she she goes back out and says, "Hey, I met a Mandalorian once on this planet." I'm going to reach out to Din Jaren, And at that point, he's going to be wielding the fucking dark saber, roaring with on a mythosaur or on a fucking... Dude, it's all coming together. <laughs> Boba's on a rancor. I'm fine. Yeah. Man, so much they could do. Yep. 
All right. That was cool. fun, man. That was good. I, I got to go watch it again. I uh, I was going to the other day, but, you know, baby was being psycho, and I just had to put it down. But I, I do want to watch it again. And then um, you I know. thought you meant you had to put the baby down. Take we had we had to take put her, she wouldn't shut up, dude. Had to put her down. <laughs> had to put her down. Rabbit. Gotta watch Star Wars, man. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Hey, decisions um, were made. So decision made, man. It's decisions were made. You can't judge me. You gotta watch. We Star didn't Wars. even mention the the little quip that they threw in that uh, Jurassic Park head nod, where. Uh, the mechanic was getting pulled behind those boxes by oh that. yeah yep shoot nice. her i was like oh you sneaky sneaky that one felt a little forced but i was still fine with it <laughs> i actually didn't even catch it but yeah nice i can dig it all right oh we didn't talk about the um like the x-wing cops yep. the new republic officers yep so that uh one dude was obviously in mando yep. so he came back is there they any were- they were both in Mando from a certain point of view. Oh, true. Yeah, the one guy was the body double for Luke. Yep. Um, for Mark, whatever Mark Hamill. Mark. So, is it weird to you at all that the New Republic is obviously there because they pulled over Din Djarin for going too fast by a cruiser, but there's also crime lords and mayors and governors and the Pike Syndicate on Tatooine. Like... Are are they doing anything about it, or are they ignoring it, or... Well, I wonder, it might be that balance of, we're not strong enough to do anything. We're around, and we're listening, but mm-hmm. if we get involved and try to stop the pikes, we are just going to fucking right, run right into the wall, because what we don't know already, I'm <laughs> sure the pikes... Don't you think the crime syndicate was shut, if they were trying to just, like, you know, police the air traffic above Tatooine, don't you think the pikes would just shut that shit down? It, that well, what that if, does give me a little thread to figure out in the next like two episodes. Hey, what if what if the, the new spice, republic steps in? What if the spice running is being used for Bacta? Right. What if this is actually rebellion or resistance operation sanctioned by the new republic? Yeah. Exactly. Because we all, yeah. I know we all say spice, and it's probably negative. It's going to be used for drugs, but they did sprinkle that into the end of Bad Batch, where it can be used for Bacta. Right, I I fucking love it. Now we're at odds. Boba Fett's at at, at odds with Resistance. Mm-hmm. Fucking love it. No, you're you're right. I did. I do feel like it's oddly placed. Like there's X wings and they're policing. Mm-hmm. First like of all, maybe why? they don't get involved in the planet. Maybe they're just like. But still, worrying about like hyperspace travel and like coming to and from planets. But they just let the you know the citizens of the planet do whatever they want. Oh yeah, um, why would you land? They don't even have water. Just stay up here. Apparently, they have a bunch of water. I actually rewatched the chase scene just to make sure I hated it as much as I did. And they knock over a giant fucking water tower. She like goes under the scaffolding and knocks over a huge water that's tower. What you're, that's what you're worried about. That's what I was worried about. I had to go back and make sure I Look at check all it. that water. Look at all that water. Yeah. So anyways. All yeah. Right. Well, I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Did you enjoy the Succession Season 2 finale? I did. I did. I I truly did. It was like, that's what was I was waiting for. Fucking awesome. And it was perfect, and it was beautiful, and it was brutal, but the dad was happy all at the same time. You saw right, him, like, that look that he gives smirk. at the end. It's You're, like, you little shithead, also I'm proud of you. Exactly, and it was yeah. it was just beautifully done. It's It was beautifully done. I love it. 
Now imagine you see that and have to wait two years for the next episode. <laughs> Because that's what we suffered through. So I'm happy that you get to jump right into uh, season three. Yeah, we'll we'll probably start it tonight. So uh, we'll, we'll jump into the first episode there. We uh, started this new show, came out on HBO last week. It's called The Gilded Age. It's by the creators of Downton Abbey, but it takes place in like 1890s uh, New York City. Mm. So it's new money coming up with business and railroads and shit and old money trying to like, you know, keep them out of um, society and everything. It's cool. I like it. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good period piece. Old 1880s and 1890s architecture in New York City and stuff. It's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I'm, I always wonder where, when I let you I let that, I let that sit because I don't know where you're going to take it. No, I'm like, not... uh, um, mm-hmm. no, my, uh, I, good I, day, galaxy. I was about to put on my historical <laughs> hat because that's, that's like the era that I, studied when in college because I was a history major if you guys didn't know that but it was uh, yeah like modern America so it was basically like industrial revolution forward but like just pre like railroads 1880s you know all that stuff Um, yeah it's a cool little period in time before they started able being able to like put regulations on business and there's just just so much money straight (laughs) fucking savages i've i've read books on like carnegie and all those guys oh yeah just brutal intelligent savages that just yeah i i forget what the and we'll we'll end i'm sorry guys but the uh (laughs) there was i i think it was like carnegie uh, they like they said with his net worth and you you turn it into today's uh with inflation they said yep. it, no one's even fucking close. It's laughable. Right. It's even Bezos and Musk not and even everyone else, close. like not even close. Between yeah. him and Rockefeller, they owned like 80% of the world. <laughs> it was like at one point. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. It's it, fucking insane. So, so they didn't they haven't gotten too crazy into the business stuff yet. I'm hoping they will. Yeah. It's more like, you know, societal stuff. But um, I'm just, I love that period of time, dude. Yeah, a lot End of stuff. Of a lot of stuff century. can pop off and they could get away with a lot of stuff because there was no like you said no regulation right. so still have, the fucking wild west is out there wild west. literally really so all right tv journeys for the rogue squadron hello thank you guys we appreciate it we'll catch you next time hopefully in the next episode is just as jazzed guys because guess what we got two more episodes of uh the book of dinjarin i really don't want to take two steps forward and one step backward or should I say that the other way? So let's keep it up. I don't know who's directing the last two. I think you mentioned um, that Fennec Shan, the actress that plays Fennec Shan, said the last three episodes are fucking killer. So, dude, uh, whatever Bryce Dallas Jones is doing, I don't fucking care. Give her everything. Give, give her everything. Give her it all. All of it. Put her in charge, man. Put her in charge. Let's do it. Cool. Peace. All right, friends. <laughs>